Well, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I would invite you to turn to the Gospel of John and Chapter 3. And this morning, on this Father's Day morning, we are going to look at John Chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. This is the end of Chapter 3. And if you've been with us, these are the last words of John the Baptist. His ministry is coming to a close. And the title of last week's message was The Last Words of a Humble Man, Part 1. And today's message is The Last Words of a Humble Man, 3 and verses 30. Let me read for you John chapter 3 and verses 31 through 36. He referring to Jesus. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Well, our first point this morning is John the Baptist and biblical humility. Last week, we looked at John's three humble responses. As I mentioned, John's ministry is coming to a close. And all these great crowds that were coming out to hear John, they're now leaving. And they're going to Jesus. And John's disciples, understandably so, are concerned about this. They're jealous for their master. And they say, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing. And all are going to him. John, they're leaving. They're all going to this person, Jesus. And so the question is, and that's what we looked at last week, how will John respond? How will John the the Baptist respond to the crowds leaving him at this point? And it's important for us to remember John's star is fading. His light is burning out. Well, John's first response was, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. What a statement. A person cannot receive even one thing, even one thing, unless it is given him from heaven. John knew that his birth, his life, his entire ministry was a gift from God. And God had ordained that this was John's time in history. This was John's ministry for this time in God's unfolding revelation. But now that time, that time is over. Time is over and it's time for John to move on. Well, John's second response is, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. John wanted his disciples to understand, I have told you throughout my entire ministry, I am not the Christ. I am not the Messiah. I have said to you over and again, 
I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. I have said to you, my disciples, that he who comes after me is before me, and I'm not even worthy to stoop down and to untie his sandal. Remember when I said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one that you should be focusing on. He is the one who deserves all of your attention. And John's third response, that classic, that heart of the Christian life where he says, He, Jesus, he must increase and I must decrease. He must. He must. It is time for you to put all of your focus and all of your attention on Jesus. You see, John knew and he accepted joyfully, gladly, as the friend of the bridegroom, that it was time for him to move into the background. It was time for John to slip into the shadows. John could say, my time, my time is over. Fathers, this morning, John the Baptist is a timeless example for every man, for every father, of true biblical humility. Oh, I tell you, our world, our nation, our culture desperately needs humble men of God. I can't even begin to articulate how important that is that we need humble men of God. Think of what we're going through right now. The coronavirus, racial injustice, Protests in the streets. We are in the midst of a very heated and contentious presidential election. People shouting at one another. Everybody's an expert. It is amazing. Everybody's an expert on every subject. And we've got conservatives and we've got liberals. We've got Republicans. We've got Democrats. We've got red state. We've got blue state. And they strongly disagree with each other. And they're shouting at one another. And oh, how we need humble men. Humble men who will speak calmness and reason into a very hostile and contentious situation. We have so much, fathers, to learn from John the Baptist. Like John, we must acknowledge that everything we are and everything we have and everything we do is a gift from God. Whether you are famous or live in relative obscurity, whether you are rich or whether you earn a modest income, whether you have a position of power or whether you are just an ordinary man, Rejoice in who you are. Rejoice in the place that God has given you in this time in your life, this time in history. Let us find joy in who we are and what God has given us to do. And let us do it with all of our hearts in great humility. We must learn from John the Baptist that we are not God. He said, I am not the Christ. I'm the one sent before him. And men, we must acknowledge 
that we don't have all the answers. As much as we would like to think we do, sometimes we don't. We don't have the answers for the problems in our own lives. We don't have the answers for the problems in our family. We don't have the answers for this world, but Jesus does. But Jesus does, and he is the one that we are to look to. Oh, we need humble fathers. Humble fathers who will acknowledge that they have to cry out to God for wisdom and discernment. But they need to desperately depend on Jesus. And rather than speaking harsh words, that they instead humbly bow themselves before their Savior and say, Father, guide me in what I think. Guide me in what I say. Guide me in what I do. Oh, Lord, give us humble men who depend desperately on Jesus. John the Baptist teaches all of us that Jesus, in every one of our lives, Jesus must increase. We must decrease. Oh, that Jesus would be exalted, that he would shine forth from our lives. We must acknowledge that Jesus, in all of his beauty and power and majesty, is the only one who can fill our deepest longings and needs. He is. Men. Your careers will not fill your deepest longings and needs. Men, fathers, fathers, your family, as much as you love them, will not fill your deepest longings and needs. Your wealth, your material possessions will not fill your longings and needs, but Jesus will. Let him be your joy. Let him be your treasure. Let him be the one to whom you go every single day in communion and fellowship. Let Jesus fill those deepest places of your life. And John teaches us that Jesus is everything. And that leads us to our second point this morning. John's three beautiful declarations about Jesus. Last week, I used that format, John's three humble responses. Today, John's three beautiful declarations. I'll use the same format this morning. John's first declaration, he who comes from above is above all. Verse 31 says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. I want you to put those, the first sentence and the third sentence together. He who comes from above is above all. He who comes from heaven is above all. Have you ever thought of this? Jesus is infinitely supreme other over all other teachers and prophets. He is. We look at the Old Testament. Some great, oh, some great men of God. We think of Abraham. We think of Moses. We think of David. We think of Solomon. We think of Elijah. We think of Elisha. We think of Jeremiah. We think of Isaiah. We think of Ezekiel. These great prophets and men of God. In the New Testament, we think of the apostles. And even since 
the completion of the New Testament, we have had evangelists and we have had pastors and teachers all playing an important role. But Jesus is infinitely supreme to all of them. He is. Every single one of them down to today, including men like me, we only can share with you what God has given us. It's why we believe we must preach right from the word of God. We can only preach what we've been told. Even the prophets of the Old Testament could only preach what they were told by God. But Jesus is God. He didn't preach simply what God told him. He is God. He is the God who tells. He is the God who proclaims. Jesus reveals perfect truth out of the fullness of his knowledge because he is deity. He is the second person of the Trinity. It reminds us of John 1.18. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. It is the Son who has revealed to us the Father. It is the Son who speaks in the fullness of the Spirit. And John is saying here, I'm of the earth. That's that second sentence. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. I only speak in an earthly way. Every prophet and every teacher except Jesus was of this earth. And they spoke as God revealed to them. But they also spoke in the midst of their own sin and weakness. Just like I speak to you this morning. In the midst of my own sin. In the midst of my own weakness. Because I am of the earth. And even the great John the Baptist says. Remember. He's speaking to his disciples. Remember. I am of the earth. I am earthly. You see, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was more than a teacher. Jesus was a great prophet, but he was more than a prophet. Jesus was a great evangelist, but he was more than an evangelist. Jesus is not a messenger. He is the messenger. Jesus is not a messenger. He is the messenger. He is God himself. And in verses 32 and 33, it says... He bears witness to that, to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. He says, whoever receives, excuse me, verse 32, he bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Jesus came from heaven. He comes from heaven and is above all. Above all authority and power, he is above all. And so when Jesus speaks, he bears witness to what he has seen and heard. He is God. Come down to earth. And yet it says, yet no one receives his testimony. Many. Many reject him. Even though God has come. Even though God speaks to us. Though Jesus is God in the flesh. Yet many reject him. 
This is not new. We have seen this already in John chapter 3. In John chapter 3 and verse 19, if you want to look there just in the chapter. It says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. People loved. They loved the darkness rather than the light. But... Even though many have rejected him, some receive him. Some have their spiritual eyes and hearts open and they receive him. They acknowledge him. They embrace him. They bow before him and who he is. And verse 33 says, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. So some reject him, but not all. But not all. And again, we saw this in chapter 1. John chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. But. But. To all who did receive him. Who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. And to believe in Jesus. Is to embrace the truth about God. Whoever receives his testimony. Sets his seal to this. That God is true. Whoever believes in Jesus not only receives him as Savior. Not only receives him as Savior, but they set their seal on this. God is true. It is All that he says about God is true. All that the Bible says about God is absolutely true. To receive him, to believe in him. Is not only to have him as Savior, but is to embrace the wholeness. Of the truth of the word of God. So John says, he who comes from above is above all. Well, John's second declaration. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. In verses 34 and 35 it says, for he whom God has sent, utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. And he says, for he whom God has sent, utters the words of God. Oh my, Jesus utters The very words of God. He does. He doesn't just speak as I speak to you. He doesn't speak to you as Moses spoke. He utters the very words of God. I want you to grab a hold of this with me this morning. Jesus is God speaking. Jesus is God speaking. I've shared this with you before, but sometimes kind of long. I wish God would speak to me. Sometimes people claim, oh, God spoke to me or God told me this. God has spoken. He has spoken and as an errant word. He has spoken through the logos, the word of God, Jesus. He has spoken. Jesus Is God speaking? When you read the words of Jesus, God is speaking 
to you because he is God. What a statement for he whom God has sent utters the words of God, not in a second-hand way, not in something that was revealed to him, but he is God. So he utters the words of God because he is God. And he is part of the great trinity of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three distinct persons and yet one God. And there is a great statement on the Trinity, kind of subtle, but I want you to notice it at the end of verse 34 and in verse 35. It says, for he whom God sent utters the words of God. And then it says this, for he gives the spirit without measure. I believe that is a reference to the father. The father gives the son the spirit without measure. Jesus has the Holy Spirit infinitely. The Holy Spirit indwells me and indwells you if you know him as Savior. But Jesus has the Holy Spirit in a way way beyond what we have him. Because they are one God. Together. Now notice, let me put together the end of verse 35 and the end of verse 34 and 35. For he gives the Spirit, Holy Spirit, without measure, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Father has given all things into the Son's hand. So the Son is filled with the Spirit and the Father has given all things into the hand of the Son Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God together. The Father is, in a sense, authenticating the reliability of everything that Jesus has said and everything that Jesus does. They are three distinct persons, but they are one God together. John says, for he whom God has sent utters the words of God. John's third declaration. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Look at verse 36, that great verse. Maybe some of you have memorized it as part of your scripture. The Son shall not see life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. Whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. You talk about a great summation of the gospel. That is it. Whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. Life, But whoever does not obey the Son, other translations have, whoever rejects the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. And the thought here is, apart from Christ, you are under the wrath of God. Apart from Jesus, you are now, right now, under the wrath of God and only Jesus can rescue you. It's not like someday we're going to be under the wrath of God. No, apart from Christ right now, we are under the wrath of God. And if you do not receive or obey the Son, you shall not see light. And you will continue 
to be under the wrath of God. Again, this is the second time we have learned this lesson in one chapter. Move up to verse 18 of chapter 3. Look at verse 18. It says the exact same thing. Whoever believes in him, in Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. He's already condemned. He stands condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. But here's what I really want you to see this morning. If the first two declarations of John are true, then the third declaration has to be true. Let me say that again. If the first two declarations are true, then the third declaration has to be true. If Jesus comes from above and is above all, if Jesus utters the very words of God, then it must be, it has to be that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. If he is from above, if he is from heaven and he is above all, if he utters the very words of God, then Jesus is the sole, the sole source of eternal life. You see, verse 36 is really the grand conclusion of chapter 3, this great chapter. Many people who may not know a lot about the Gospel of John know about what's in chapter 3. They do. They've used it for evangelism and for their own private worship. Think of what we have learned in chapter 3 as we come to the end. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Then we have that great section in verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And then he brings it all together in this grand conclusion and says to his disciples and in essence to all of us whoever whoever believes in the son has eternal life whoever does not obey the son shall not see life but the wrath of God remains on him oh fathers a humble father bows before Jesus he acknowledges his sin, and his desperate need for a Savior. And he receives Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You see, a humble father knows that first, first and foremost, he must be born again. A humble father, a humble father knows that he must surrender his life to Jesus. Dads, as we finish this morning, I say this to you. I commend this to you. Be consumed with Jesus. Be obsessed with him. Let's pray together.
and thirst for him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these three grand and glorious declarations of John the Baptist. We thank you for them. Oh, we thank you that our Savior is from above and is above all. What a thought. Our Savior is not just a man. He is the God-man. Thank you that our Savior utters the very words of God and thank you, oh, praise you, that in Jesus, the Son, we have eternal life, eternal, everlasting life. So we thank you as we always do in his name. Amen.